You're listening to the Parahelion Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Rapo Podcast, presented by the Center of Research Excellence in Indigenous Sovereignty and Smoting and Parahelion Creations. We hope that you enjoyed the episode. Hi everybody, my name is Michael McGrady and I'm an American journalist working with the Center of Research Excellence in Indigenous Sovereignty and Smoking, and I'm here with Dr. Kyra Selkit. It's great to speak with you, Cairo. Um, I suppose we're here to discuss some research uh, that you shared with uh, your colleagues in New Orleans a couple of months ago before the pandemic hit. We conducted a survey uh, last year, 2019, at the Oceana Vape Expo, which was held in Auckland about December the 7th to the 8th. I think they run every year. It was the first time I went. I haven't been to one before. And what we did is we asked the question how New Zealand vapors might respond to e-liquid flavor bans. Also what their interest is in, in vaping cannabinoids if legalized and also their understanding knowledge about the current use of oral nicotine pouches. Um, our findings were presented in a poster form at a conference in New Orleans, which was really exciting. We interviewed 340 people. They were 18 years and over, and that was the legal limit to going into the, um, to the actual expo. Participants answered questions via an anonymous tablet-based survey, and people were very keen. We keen to do it it was it was well received and they were very keen having long conversations uh, with us about important issues for them particularly as at the time the smoke-free environments and regulated products vaping amendment bill was very much at the forefront of people who um, vaped of the 340 participants 30 percent were female 70 percent were male a third of those interviewed were either Māori, who are Indigenous people, to Aotearoa, New Zealand, or Pacific Island peoples, uh, taking into consideration that up in Auckland there's a high population of Pacific Island peoples. That doesn't come as a surprise. Of all those interviewed, only 6% regularly vaped tobacco, menthol or mint flavours. 10% of those people interviewed who vaped other flavours said they would comply with the hypothetical flavour ban that would be coming in and switch to allowed flavours. So 10% said that they would conform to the government's rules and regulations on vaping. Again, this is important as it relates to the, this information relates to the recently passed amendment bill on vaping. So it would be interesting to see. I know we can't do it because it was anonymous, but it would be interesting to see how many of those 10% actually have stuck to what they said that they would do. The rest, of course, predicted that they would buy from overseas or illicit markets. Some said that they would mix their own. 
And of course, our greatest fear is that some said they would take up smoking. Predominantly, most people seem to say that they would continue to vape, but they would try every other way to do it before taking up smoking. A point to make here is that some people we spoke with were from Australia who came to the Vape Expo specifically to buy vaping liquid, e-liquid, from us, from people in New Zealand, from people who were making e-liquid, who were running shops here, so that they could take those samples back and distribute them, and etc., due to the restrictions that Australia has placed on vaping. I mean, I'm not saying there were hundreds of people there, but there was a small contingent of people there who came specifically because of the restrictions in Australia. Almost none of those interviewed predicted that they would attempt to quit vaping. So people want to keep vaping. That is the most important thing for them. I think that's really interesting. Um, do you know anything of how this law would impact um, vaping and choices of vaping in the context of the research? The new law is going to restrict the sale of flavoured e-liquids to speciality vape stores, only those who are licensed. So convenience stores and petrol stations will only be able to sell mint, menthol and tobacco flavoured e-liquids or pods. Interesting. That's, that's really interesting. Thanks for clarifying. I also understand that New Zealand will be voting on a cannabis legalization referendum. Considering that, what did the research find regarding cannabis? Uh, as far as legalized cannabinoid liquid, there was a degree of interest in vaping uh, legalized cannabinoid liquid. 30% said that they possibly would. 37% said they almost certainly would. So of those we interviewed and who said that they were already cannabis smokers, half had or do vape cannabinoid liquids. So yeah, people are doing it and people are yeah, being safe. It is really important. That question was very important because of what we see happening in America and how that has affected us in other countries and in New Zealand with the information that we're getting and the, probably what many of people in the vaping community would call the knee-jerk reaction to what uh, is happening and how New Zealand reads what's happening in America and, and sees what should be done here. Oh yeah, the Avali epidemic. What questions did you ask regarding other nicotine and tobacco products like pouches and uh, whatnot? If you did ask. The other one, other question, of course, was about tobacco nicotine products, uh, pouched tobacco nicotine products and people's knowledge about that. Um, that was actually quite high. Quite a few people had knowledge about it. 40% of those who were interviewed had tried some form of pouch tobacco nicotine product. 14% use already. So there's actually quite, I mean, I think that's, you know, it's small, but that's quite a, a substantial group of people already using tobacco nicotine product pouch products. 22% said that they had actually not heard of those products at all. That is really interesting. 
Uh, ultimately, what were the findings of the research? Well, what we, as I said, what we found was that a nicotine e-liquid ban, flavor ban, will most probably mean that people who vape will in fact go out and seek or make unregulated nicotine liquids. That is a big issue because we know where that could lead. Now, this has been found. These, the findings that we have have been found in other research overseas. So the question that one has to ask is if this research already exists and if this is what we're finding here, how come the government didn't act on this knowledge? You know, that is an important question to ask. What did your findings say specifically about illicit or black or gray markets, you know, illegal markets? There is already a substantial black market in cannabinoid vaping products in New Zealand. So there needs to be some follow-up on that. And there, to me, that says that if it exists, we need to be taking a harm reduction approach. We need to be transparent, engaging, and the government needs to wake up and be honest. I couldn't have said that better. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Cairo Selkett. Cairo, thank you again for speaking with us. Um, and, you know, this was a great conversation regarding your research. Thanks for this. Thank you for interviewing me. And I hope we get to do it again sometime. We want to say thank you for listening to this episode of the Raupo Podcast. The Rabha Podcast is a joint production between the Center of Research Excellence in Indigenous Sovereignty and Smoking out of Auckland, New Zealand, and Parahelion Creations at a Monument, Colorado, in the United States of America. Our podcast fo- focuses on the research of Dr. Tyro Selkick and the team led by Dr. Marilyn Glover at the Center in New Zealand. To learn more about the Center of Research Excellence in Indigenous Sovereignty and Smoking, please visit www.core.com. I-S-S dot com.